sometimes when we go on the journey of trying to manifest a new reality, we can get so overwhelmed with all of the different practices that are out there that are available to us. We have so many different um, law of attraction YouTubers and law of assumption YouTubers and um, coaches and influencers and people that will will tell us these different techniques like the 5 by 5 method, the 5 by 55 method, the 555 method, which are all kind of um, essentially different versions of the same method. Scripting methods, the whisper technique, the window technique, the um, heartbeat technique, uh, EFT tapping, meditation, affirmations, creating a vision board, um, (laughs) and all of these different things, all of these different practices. And then if you're into witchcraft, um, money spells and manifestation spells and, and, um, money candles and, and the different crystals that you can use to attract money and all of these different things and money oils and, and hoodoo oils that you can use, um, and, uh, anointing oils that you can use that you can use to aid in your practice. And we have so many of these things and these resources that are available to us to be able to aid in whatever practice that we're trying to have to be able to manifest this new life that we want for ourselves and create this new reality. But because we have so many things at our disposal that we can use, and then at the same time, there are so many different closed practices that we should also recognize are closed and we can't use and be respectful. Um, we have, but either way, we have all of these tools that we can use and we have all of these practices that we've been taught by all of these different people who have used these practices. And we also have these contrepreneurs out there, which is, which is um, something that I spoke about in another episode, that will try to sell us these techniques very quickly and, and try to sell us these, you know, rags to riches stories that happened overnight and these overnight success stories and try to sell us these programs that can help, uh, help it work for us to attract this overnight. And, and we fall into these traps because we're so overstimulated by all of the different techniques that are out there and they are so readily available that we wind up overstimulating and overwhelming ourselves by having too many techniques within our, within our repertoire. And, and I say this because I've done it too. Um, now I focus on mostly meditating, um, writing down affirmations. I do journal, um, mostly for shadow work. Um, but I do journal on, on different things and different affirmations that I have for myself and different things that I want to see for myself. And I journal from a place of already having what it is that I desire instead of just, I am manifesting. I journal in a way that says, I am so happy and grateful to have this relationship that I desire with, um, with the kind of person that I want to be with or, um, my specific person. And I don't really have a specific person. I just have a specific energy right now, but I still use the term specific person. Um, 
or I am so happy and grateful to have all of the financial abundance and security that I could ever need in my life. And I manifest and I, not so much that I manifest, but I get into the habit of telling myself that it's already done and it's already here. But then I also use EFT tapping to, um, to align my energy field with that same principle. And, um, I use EFT tapping, I use meditation, I use affirmations and journaling, and I also sometimes do yoga whenever I feel like I have too much trapped energy stored in, in specific places in my body. I will do heart opening and hip opening exercises to, to balance some of the, the areas of, of my body in which many of my insecurities get trapped. And I will then, you know, move into the state where I'm a little bit more secure and I'm a little bit more self-aware and I'm a little bit more um, confident in, in what it is that I'm trying to create. And I've moved into this space of already having it instead of saying I'm manifesting it. Because sometimes what happens when we're also when we're overwhelmed by all of these different techniques, we also get into this mindset of wanting what it is that we're trying to manifest. And when we're saying, I'm manifesting it and I'm wanting it, we're also saying, I don't have it. And it creates this dichotomy that says, I want it and I need it because I don't have it. I'm manifesting it because I don't have it. I'm manifesting it because I don't have it. I'm manifesting it because I don't have it. And the universe is repeating back to us, yeah, you are still manifesting it because you still don't have it. Yeah, you are still manifesting it because you still don't have it. Yes, you are still manifesting it because you still don't have it. <laughs> and the reason I, I repeated that is because we, we tend to repeat these things to ourselves. And, and what happens is, is that the counter argument will repeat back to us what we, what we don't have and will repeat back to us what we are already pushing out. And I've said in, in other episodes before that your reality, your existence, your tangible reality is only 5% of the makeup of your existence. And the other 95% comes from your subconscious and your thoughts and your actions and your beliefs and your ideas and and your feelings especially and and your emotions because emotions are just energy in motion um and and when you recognize all of that has to do with your reality then you can move into a different state of of belief and a different state of of thought and a different perspective and a different perception of your reality because your reality isn't just the tangible reality yes you have a couch that you can sit on yes you have food that you can eat in your fridge yes you have water that you can drink yes you have a roof over your head yes you have all of these different things but that's not all that your reality is you may be in a rut right now, a financial rut. But that doesn't have to be your continued reality if you don't wish it to be. And if it is your reality right now, 
instead of looking at your reality and succumbing to it and saying, oh, woe is me, I'll never get out of this. Look at creative ways that you can get out of it. Look at things that you can do and things that you can control and the beliefs that you have and why you have those beliefs and get to that root cause and that root belief. Sometimes you have to look at where those beliefs stem from and how long you've had those beliefs. How long have you had those beliefs and how long have you also had those habits that continue to reinstill and reinforce and reinstate those beliefs? That say, I'm broke, I'm not gonna make, I'm not gonna make enough money. I never have enough money. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I will never, will never be rich. I will never be successful. Look at the root of how long you've had those beliefs and where those beliefs actually came from. Because 90% of the time, the beliefs that we have aren't always our own beliefs. They are beliefs and thoughts and feelings that we have been conditioned to have. We have been taught. We have adapted and adopted into our existence because we have been taught these things by other people in our lives, whether that's our parents or our grandparents or our friends or bullies that we've had in life or people who told us we were never going to make it, um, people who, who even insulted us. They told us that they support our lifestyle. They told us that they support the fact that we have different ideas from them, but they, they've also turned around and insulted us. I'm going to give you a personal example of me, of me going through that. I dated this girl once that, um, I, okay, let, let me backtrack. So in, especially in my, um, romantic relationships, there were times where I would bend myself to make myself into this person that was attractive to the other person. And I would do things to keep myself attractive to that person. And it would come in the form of changing my belief systems, changing my ideas, and even sometimes changing my physical appearance and changing the things that I wanted, um, even sexually, to be able to please my partner. Because majority of my life, I've been a people pleaser. And that that has hindered so much of my existence. But I've also recognized that I don't need to continue to be that and that I can be myself and still be attractive. Example, in my current life, I have more friends now that appreciate me 100% for who I am and will even remind me of my worth every day when, when sometimes I forget what I'm worth. And I can bounce my ideas off of them and they will even see sometimes the cracks in, in what I'm doing to myself and, and point those things out and kind of call me out on my bullshit, you know, but then also turn around and actually be supportive of my growth and remind me of how far I've come and, and remind me to keep going. But I wasn't like that for a while, especially in my romantic relationships. And I dated this girl that um, 
wanted to feel more feminine. And I helped her out so much to be able to feel that. I even put towards um, $120 worth of makeup for her. (laughs) I spent a a good 40 something dollars to be able, almost $50 actually. I spent almost $50 when when you figure in uh, taxes and fees. I spent almost $50 and used my membership at um, a makeup store, a popular makeup store, to be able to help her get makeup so that she can get makeup that actually matched her skin and that she would actually start wearing and that she would feel confident putting on herself. And I even did her makeup several times and uh, I, I wish I, I still had photos of me doing her makeup because holy goddamn, I I did a flawless look on her one time and it was just amazing and I really wish I had kept that photo but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't after the breakup, I deleted all of the photos that we had together. But um, I, I really wish that I had kept those makeup photos because that makeup look was absolute perfection. <laughs> And, but I, I helped her spend, you know, $120 on makeup so that she could get really good, high quality makeup that she could use and that she could feel confident wearing and that she knew how to use and, and that matched her skin tone and everything. Um, and then I also changed my physical appearance from some of the clothes that I wore to um, cutting my hair really, really short. Um, I went to a hair salon once and decided that I was going to cut my hair really, really short. And at the time, one of my style icons was Ruby Rose. So, um, and, I, and I still love Ruby Rose. Oh my God, she is so attractive. One of, one of my crushes, one of my celebrity crushes for like all time. But um, anyway, not the point. <laughs> um, but I, I had a style icon in Ruby Rose. And I went to the salon and I said, I want to have this hairstyle. And I showed them a Ruby Rose hairstyle, but I want it to work for me. So can you give me a cut like this that would actually work for my face shape and my face frame? Because Ruby Rose has like a a more angular and heart shaped face at the same time. And I've got like a bit more of a rounded face. Um, So I said, can you give me something like this that would work for my face frame? Lady says, I got you. I had an undercut with a little bit of like, um, a little bit of like, a, a like, almost like a, if I would have like kept my hair parted in the middle, I would have been able to create like a death hawk. But um, like I basically had an undercut with like a little bit of a comb over. And um, it was a very, for me, it was probably one of the most masculine hairstyles I had ever had. And um, I decided to start presenting more masculine so that um, my girlfriend at the time could feel more feminine. And what it wound up doing was it wound up taking me out of this authenticity that I had for myself. And it wound up me lowering the bar for myself to be able to be somebody to to help her feel more feminine and to help her feel more confident in herself and to basically feel more attractive to her 
and to be more in that dominant energy that she wanted me to be in because she did she she wanted me to be more of a dominant energy and she wanted me to sometimes be a little bit more masculine so that she could feel more feminine and it wound up being one of the detriments of our relationship because of the fact that I wasn't being honest with myself she wasn't being honest with herself and we basically didn't love ourselves enough to even love each other and not only that but then she wound up insulting me about my practices she wound up saying that she supported me being a tarot reader she supported me having this spiritual lifestyle and being witchy but then also insulted me when whenever I tried to do it and um, she was like oh you're bringing your tarot cards out again and it's like yeah because this is this is me this is what I'm into why why do you have such a problem with it and there was one point where she had asked me for advice on something and after asking for that advice and me giving her like some spiritual advice because that was the kind of advice that I was able to give she told me why are you always on such a spiritual kick and why do you have to give me spiritual advice because spiritual advice and psychological advice sometimes go in tandem <laughs> so and and I've learned that over my practices and it was just kind of like well damn you wanted me to be this person that you wanted me to be but then as soon as I started actually loving myself which was a problem that you had in the relationship was that I didn't love myself enough as soon as I start loving myself again and I start actually you know being more authentic to me that's a problem for you pick a struggle <laughs> pick a struggle my guy pick a struggle my friend <laughs> you know pick a struggle <laughs> And, and whenever I say that to people, whenever I say pick a struggle, it's like, okay, you either want to have this one thing or you want to have this other thing. You either want to be authentic or you want to mold yourself to, to fit into this idea of what somebody else, somebody else wants you to be. You either want to follow this path and go to school for this thing because that's what's going to make you happy or you're doing it so that you can make good money. Um, because that's what your family wants you to do and, and you want to be able to, to, to make money. So, so that's why you're going for this degree as opposed to this other degree, <laughs> you know? And, and like, it's just, it's just so, it's just so funny to me. Like whenever people laugh and they're like, oh my God, I love you. You're just like, pick a struggle. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess that's one of my catchphrases now is uh, Alice's catchphrase is pick a struggle. Um, <laughs> but um, it's just so detrimental sometimes when we wind up having so much at our disposal and then we wind up wanting to create this life or we wind up getting in relationships with people that want us to be something that we're not and then we change and we adapt and then when when we when we adapt from authenticity to to being something that we're not to be able to please somebody else they're unhappy but then we're they are also unhappy when we're actually being ourselves so it's like um okay you either want us to be this molded version of ourselves that fits your idea because that's what you want or you want us to be our authentic selves 
either way, you're going to be miserable in this relationship because guess what? I'm miserable. So that for, so therefore that's going to make you miserable. And you're going to, you're going to realize that maybe we're just not compatible and maybe we just need to go. (laughs) And, and it winds up happening more often than you think. Um, but it's, but it's pretty much because we have these mindsets and we have these belief systems that say that we need to, that we need to be what other people want us to be. And that's, that's not true. We don't need to constantly live in these people pleaser mindsets because the more that we are living in people pleaser mindsets, the more that we are actually diminishing ourselves and lowering our value. We become essentially invaluable in the wrong way because you want to be so high value that people can't put a price on you and, and that you can barely even put a price on yourself. And, and the reason I say that, and I'm not even saying like a price to be like, oh yeah, you can be bought or you can, or, or like you, you have a price on you. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that you want to recognize that you yourself are worthy, you are high value, you are in high demand, you are um, exactly who you want to be. And you can be selfish in your goals and in your dreams and in your aspirations and still care about other people. People think that, you know, there's, there's only two extremes. You're either a people pleaser or you're a narcissist. You're either an empath or you're a narcissist. But no, you can actually be right in the middle. And, and the reason I say, you know, you're either a people pleasing empath or you're a narcissist is because those are the two extremes. Um, or at least those are the two extremes that I have learned that there are in this world. Because I myself am an empath. I identify as an empath, especially when it comes to the, the work that I do with being a tarot reader um, and, and, a, and a psychic medium. I am an empath and I am able to pick up on other people's emotions and other people's feelings and other people's thoughts and, and help them through their, their present moment by being with them in the present and, and being like, okay, so, so this is what's going on and this is what you want to go on and this is where you want to be and this is where you are right now. This is where you were in the past and this is why you have these mindsets. So, so what are some of the things that you can break down from your past and start forgiving yourself for? And what are some of the things that you can break down from your past and say that that's not me anymore? What are some of the things that you can honor for your inner child self, your inner teenager self that maybe you need to honor before you can actually level up into this adult self, this adult version of you that you see yourself being that you're, you're working to create. How can you, how can you take care of all of your different facets of yourself? And uh, I've also recognized that I am empathic, not only because of the fact that I want to be empathic and because of the fact that I want to be this, this psychic medium, but because I lived in a childhood where I had to be hyper aware of other people. I had to be hyper aware of when my mom was coming home. I had to be hyper aware of, okay, well, if my mom came home and, and the house wasn't clean, that she would, that she would yell at me. And, and if my mom came home and, and this wasn't done, then she would yell at me or, 
or um, you know, just different things that I had to be hyper aware of. And I even had to be hyper aware as a child um, of my mom's first husband, who wasn't always the nicest. And uh, let's just put it that way without getting into graphic details. But I had to be hyper aware of other people. And then I also adapted this hyper awareness in my personal relationships, in friendships and in my romantic relationships, especially. I felt like I constantly had to be on my toes and be hyper aware because I was expected to to be and do certain things. And I adapted that hyper awareness to other people's emotions and thoughts and actions and feelings and and even people's footsteps and like, ooh, ooh, trauma, trauma, trauma. But like, um, but my point is, is that I adapted that empathy and, and I learned to, to be that hyper aware. But then what I did was instead of um, succumbing to, I don't wanna be empathic, I wanna be a narcissist um, and and you know basically flipping the the uh the narrative and flipping the extreme i decided to take my empathy and you know turn it into a power by becoming a tarot reader and by working on spiritual things and by working on my spiritual self and by doing shadow work and becoming involved in witchcraft and then becoming involved in paganism and then now i identify as an eclectic pagan with uh, a little bit more of a lean towards uh, Celtic and Norse pagan. <laughs> and just, I could go on a whole tangent on that. But <laughs> but my, my point is, is that for a while there, I was so overwhelmed by all of the different techniques and all of the different information and all of the different wants and all of the different things that I tried to do, not only because of the wants that I had for myself, but also because of the wants that other people had for me and because of the narratives that other people were trying to impose on me. And I had to break all of these things down and recognize where I fit and recognize where I was at and recognize where I wanted to be and recognize who I was. And then everything just shifted for me and everything became better for me because then I recognized who I was and I recognized what I wanted and I recognized everything that made sense to me. And once I started to break down all of these different dichotomies, once I started to break down all of these different processing things, once I started to recognize what worked for me and what helped me to start loving myself more and putting myself first and putting my needs first and being more confident and being more bold and being braver and being stronger, then I was able to recognize, okay, well then how can I use this to help other people? And that's essentially why I created this podcast and why I do what I do. Because I've learned to turn some of the things that maybe were traumatic in the past or even um, were maybe hindering, quote, end quote, in the past into a power, such as my empathy. And once I, once I learned to turn what was a previous what was a previous downside into an upside and start to see the positive aspects of it. My life started to shift rapidly. 
and I've been getting back into journaling. I've been getting back into affirmations. I've been getting back into meditating. I've been getting back into EFT tapping. I've been given, getting back into doing yoga on, on a regular basis and it really has shifted a lot of my perspective. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to do exactly what I'm doing, but find the techniques and the methods that work for you. And if you feel like journaling every single day is not your MO, but, but you feel comfortable journaling, journaling every other day, then journal every other day. If you feel comfortable journaling every single tarot reading that you do on yourself, just because that's helping you to learn how to read tarot better, then journal every single tarot reading that you do for yourself. Um, if you feel more comfortable and confident doing EFT tapping and meditating and having your own affirmations, then do that. If you feel more confident following somebody else's already prescribed and already done meditation, and that's the kind of belief system that you want to have because you feel that that belief system as you're doing that meditation is helping you to manifest what it is that you want, then, then do that. If you feel confident and comfortable buying a book or reading a book or or doing whatever it is that you, you want to do to be able to expand your knowledge to be able to learn different techniques, then do that. If you're, if you're into witchcraft and paganism and you wanna do spell work as opposed to doing EFT tapping or meditating, then, then do that. Do whatever you feel actually works for you and what you believe in and, and do it with full faith and full belief that it is going to work for you and that it is already working for you and that you already have what it is that you desire. Because once you put that intent out into the universe and you say that you have it, that is where that manifestation will start to come in much more rapidly. So the takeaway from this episode is don't get overwhelmed by all of the different practices out there. Learn the different practices, if you will, and then find what works for you. And if something doesn't resonate with you, hang it up. Seriously. <laughs> like, I even tell that to my tarot clients. I'm like, look, we're doing this tarot reading, but if this doesn't resonate for you, you can 100% fold and then come back to me later when either it does resonate for you and you recognize that it resonates for you or you maybe want to do a different reading and get a different perspective because that can happen. Um, but if it doesn't resonate with you, then move on to something that does. And if something isn't feeling right for you, then notice where it's not feeling right for you. Notice, notice your responses, your, your physical responses, your emotional responses, your mental responses, your spiritual responses to everything and sit with yourself and maybe collect yourself and ground yourself and then realign and, and find the things that actually do resonate with you and find the things that actually do make you feel good because it's so easy to get overwhelmed, but it's also just as easy to find what it is that actually works for you. So I hope you have an amazing day and I hope that you continue exploring things that actually work for you and don't get overwhelmed. Don't get overwhelmed. It's okay. You don't have to do everything that this one person tells you to do. Do what works for you.
I love you. You're worthy. And, and you can do everything that you set your mind to and everything that you set your intentions to. And remember that your reality is yours to create. I love you. Bye.